Welcome back, everyone, to Life and Lit. This is episode 82, and we are officially kicking off our holiday season reads. I'm so excited. This is one of my favorite times of the year for books. You know, we have spooky season, but I'm very, very excited to uh, kick off the winter holidays. This week, we are discussing a new-to-us author and her debut novel. We are discussing Always in December by Emily Stone. Before we dive in, I'm Paige. And I'm Sydney. And this is Life and Lit. This is such a good time of year to read. I mean, spooky season is like one of my favorite, but also so is cozy winter. So I love it. Last night, I finally got to put up all my Christmas decorations. Normally, I'm like an early decorating type of person. That is strange for you. Yeah, (laughs) I've just been so busy, like just running around like crazy that I have not had the time to put my decorations up. And, like, enjoy it. You know, I want to, like, take the time. I want the music playing. I want, like, a glass of Bailey's. Yeah. And yesterday, it was, like, the end of the holiday weekend for Thanksgiving. It was rainy. It was cold. I was, like, this is it. I had chili on, you know, in the crock pot. I had my Bailey's. It was perfect. The best. Yeah. And I actually finished this book after putting up the decorations. So it was like the cozy Christmas mood whenever I finished this book. I love that. I have had my tree up for a while and I'm usually, I used to be a very staunch, not until after Thanksgiving person. You were a bit of a Grinch. I was, but every, every year at my work, we have a big like work meeting in Chicago the weekend after Thanksgiving so I've I've started slowly shifting because I'm like, if I don't get it up, if I don't get everything out before Chicago, it just probably won't happen. And there's no point by the time I get back on like December 7th or something. So I put my stuff up. Um, I think <laughs> you act like better that's so late. Day. Well, it feels like it. Wow. I mean, stuff goes that so, is so early. I know, but I had the day off of work, and so I was just like, you know what? I need some twinkle lights and some joy. So it's <laughs> all been out exactly. for a while. And I've been it just makes up... you happy. Yeah, I've been waking up early every day and reading, like, when it's quiet in the morning with the Christmas tree on, and it's just so peaceful. That sounds perfect. Oh, I just love it. Yes. Me too. So this was a good book to start off our cozy winter reads. This is one that you picked and it was a bit of a heartfelt. It's, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it a rom-com. I I would not call it a rom-com either. And it's really like, it's kind of loose romance. I don't know. It's more of like a heart tugger. And it is heart wrencher, yes. if you will. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So this this book I had wanted to read at Christmas time last year, but it was you know never available, and there were like twenty holds. So I was like, I will get this probably in like March at this point. So I had a bunch on my list just from the last year of browsing for Christmas books, 
And there was this one, always in December, but there was another one I was interested called One Day in December. And I think I got them mixed up, like what I was expecting it to be. But I saw it at the library and I was like, oh, it's finally available. Like, I need to snatch it. Like, we can do this for like our first December book. Expecting it to be One Day in December kind of plot line. And that was not what we got. It was still very, very good. A debut novel for Emily Stone. I loved her writing. The story just flowed. I loved the characters. Like, I will be reading more of hers. Yeah. I just did not. I expected, like, a happy holiday rom-com. And that is not what we got. It was more of a serious tone. It was still set around Christmas. Like, the first part I thought was still, like, fun and Christmassy. But it quickly gets more serious. And... And I was like looking at the book. I was texting you, and I was like, "I'm starting to get like La La Land romance vibes, where they like don't necessarily end up together in the end, but it's like we all will always have that time together. Like, yeah, we made each other better." And then, like the back of the book says, "Like a devastating life affirming love story," and it was like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! We don't want the D word in there. We don't want devastation around Christmas." So I again didn't read the back of the book you picked it I was like yeah sure my library had it I've requested like seven Christmas books and this was the (laughs) first one that came in thankfully (laughs) none of the others have even shipped I don't know where they're at but whatever and I was like oh this is gonna be so good and then you texted me that like I'm getting La La Land vibes and I was like okay and then I looked at the cover and they were like embracing (laughs) not kissing and not like yeah happy necessarily and I was just like oh no oh no but yeah they don't look happy they no, look it's like a somber embrace it, it's like wistful yeah yes. like oh yes yeah <laughs> and, I was like I'm sorry I take full responsibility <laughs> yeah and so I finished it before you and I was just like what have you done to me this is not <laughs> like we literally talked about light rom-com happy <laughs> and then we get this and I was like wait <laughs> wait yeah and I take full responsibility like you said I really do like the style of writing was really fun the characters and the scenery like very vivid and for our next episode we're doing a double feature and I coincidentally had picked a book <laughs> by the same author that I knew going in would be a little bit deeper yeah. But now I'm like scared to read it. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if I'm I think you should still do it. Yeah. I know. I think I, I... Too, but I found some um, certified rom com holiday ones on Kindle <laughs> that I'm going to like cleanse the palette with in between. Yeah. Yeah. To get, get some sense. happy endings first before I go to this other one, but we'll see. Yeah. This also, like, her style of writing, plus, like, every time I thought of, like, the author's name, Emily Stone, I would automatically think Emily Henry. And I was like, I would love if Emily Henry wrote a Christmas book. Oh, it'd be so good. Yes. And she does. She does give you, like, the somber heartfelt, but it's usually a happy ending for her. (laughs) She would give us the ending we wanted. Yes. It's a good mix. Not usually yeah. quite as tragic, but definitely makes you think about life. So yeah, maybe we'll. All speak. that being said, I loved this book. I thought it was really good. I'm ex- I looked at the library today to see if there were more of her books 
on the shelf and when there weren't I like put more on hold so I absolutely want to read more by her it's just not the happy light-hearted rom-com I was expecting but yeah. I do highly recommend it yes just so it's clear I know we kind of went back and forth I'm like it was tragic just... and not what we wanted but yeah it's if you are looking and I'm glad we read it early in the holiday season we get we get the emotions out of the way from here on out yes. lighthearted. It's to me like reading do you remember those like chicken soup for the soul <laughs> books? <laughs> yes. It's like yeah. that where they're usually sad but they have some kind of bigger meaning and like bigger yes. theme. So it's okay, yeah. but it just makes you sad for a little bit. It's like that. Yeah. So you just might cry. As long as you you're are... gonna suffer, but you're gonna be happy about yeah. it. Yeah. As long as you know that going in, it'll be okay. So we think you'll really enjoy it, especially if you are like an Emily Henry fan or a rom com fan. This this is just a little bit deeper. Yes. So that is our, those are our initial thoughts. Uh, <laughs> you can read into them as you will, but I'm going to do a quick summary and then we're going to dive into the plot. So this is Always in December by Emily Stone. Every December, Josie mails a letter from her home in London to the parents she lost on Christmas night many years ago. See, it just starts off like, why did yeah. I think this would be happy? But yeah. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> every time she writes the same three words missing you always but one year her annual trip to the mailbox is knocked off course when her bicycle collides with a handsome stranger a stranger who will change Josie's life Josie always thought she was the only one who avoided the Christmas season but this year Max has his own reasons for doing the same and coincidence leads them to spending the holiday together aglow with new love Josie thinks this might be the start of something special but then Max disappears without saying goodbye over the next year, Max and Josie find that fate continues to unite them in places they never expected. New York City, Edinburgh, the quiet English countryside. And it turns out that Max has had as many reasons to stay as he had to leave. But what does destiny hold for Josie and Max as Christmas approaches again? Oh, very good. So, yeah, it starts off sad, but I thought, yeah. I thought that would be the top of the sad. Like <laughs> it just goes deeper, yeah. in and it's all gonna go up from here, and it's just a little bit of a roller coaster. So it's just yeah, it's never quite what you expected. About halfway to two thirds of the way in, I started to have an inkling of what was going on. Um, yes, and I texted you, and you tried your best to dodge the question. I did because uh, I was like, but I, I was right. At least spoil it, but I also can't lie, so. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. It's good. We'll it's a good thing you can't lie to me. You know, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. You know when I just go radio silent and I just evade yeah. the questions that you're like, okay, I'm probably. Yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I, know. I know what's happening here. Yeah. Which is exactly what you did. But there is a summary and our initial thoughts. Press pause if you want to go pick up a copy for yourself. If not, listen on to hear the full plot of Always in December. So we start off 
with our main character, Josie. Uh, like we said in the summary, Christmas is not the happiest time of year. Whoa. <laughs> Combine two words. <laughs> I did have a glass of Bailey's before we uh, started Ooh. to record. Yeah, life and lit. Um, <laughs> not that. There I don't is. think you could really get lit on Bailey's, but you know what? I might try. Um, I was going to say, I feel like if you tried really hard, you could. I could. That's like a challenge. But... A challenge accepted. Here we go. Uh, next episode, guys. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> um, so it's not the happiest time of year for Josie because she lost her parents when she was about nine years old um, to, I thought it was a car accident. I don't know if it ever explicitly says. Yeah, her parents were on the way to a Christmas party, and Josie was with her grandparents spending the night, and either on the way to the party or on the way back, her parents got in a car wreck and passed away. So that's led to a really close bond with her grandparents um, yeah, and her aunt, because they basically took her in and raised her, but still makes the holidays tough, of course. Yes, and she is a classic avoidance to this because, you know, she does not acknowledge it. She doesn't, like, celebrate Christmas really at all. She doesn't go home for Christmas to her grandparents' house now that she's moved out. Like, she just really doesn't acknowledge Christmas in general, Um, which we can't blame her, but also therapy, honey. Um, Yes. So... And to make it worse... This year, her boyfriend, she and her boyfriend of pretty long term just broke up because he cheated on her with one of their coworkers. So they all worked in the same office and he basically just like they woke up one morning in bed together and he was like, oh, I cheated on you with this girl at our office party. And so Josie breaks up. No, literally no. (laughs) And I, I just can't even. I'm sitting here shaking my head like that would be horrifying. But Josie breaks up with him, of course, and of course this you know couldn't have come at a worse time because, like we said, it's Christmas week, and her roommate and best friend is leaving to go on a trip. to like South, to like Argentina, yeah, like South America, yeah, and have this big fun, you know, live your life YOLO time. And Josie had been planning to just, you know, hunker down with her boyfriend, make it through the week, kind of low key, whatever. But now they've broken up, and she's going to be alone in her apartment this whole week. So, yeah, as much as she doesn't like the holiday, she's also dreading being alone because it just. Like we said, she's an avoidant and she tries to, you know, find other things to occupy her mind. And now she's not going to have any way to do that. Yes. Which, side note, I loved her roommate, Bia. Oh, yeah. She's like the the classic side character, right? She's vivacious. She's outgoing. She's like, you know, just like that classic best friend. Total opposites, but like we'll fight for each other. Yeah, super um, loyal and like yeah, I love their relationship. Knows you better than you know yourself type thing. It was so good. Yeah. So she was trying to get Josie to go with her last minute, but Josie is not the spontaneous 
type. She's very responsible. So she's like, no, no, I'll be fine. But in order to get out of the conversation of Bia convincing her to go to Argentina, she's like, oh, I need to like run to the post office and mail this letter. Like, I'll be right back. So she goes out. It's starting to rain and snow a little bit. And she gets on her bicycle to mail the letter uh, to her parents that she mails every year. But she keeps passing like all the closest mailboxes because she's not wanting to go back and like confront the fact that she's going to be alone for Christmas and see it like be a like packing and getting ready to leave. So she keeps going and all of a sudden she like goes through a stoplight. There's a taxi stopped ahead of her and the door opens when she's you know not too far away. So she hits the brakes on her bike, but it's very slick. It's very wet. And she ends up, like, skidding into the passenger of the taxi who's getting out of uh, the car. Which I was like, this is, like, a classic rom-com introduction. Like, this yes. is why I thought it was, we were going to have a happy rom-com. It's the meet-cute. Um, it is the meet-cute. Like, the taxi driver's, like, yelling at her, like, taking her bike up. She's, like, apologizing profusely. And the person that she ran into is like not really acknowledging her. I was like, he's being a bit of a dick, but like also she just ran into him with her bike. So yeah. like me being like the Midwestern girl that I am, I'd be like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. You know, like I would be apologizing <laughs> yes. to the person who hit me, but that's not how everyone thinks oddly enough. Um, so she's like, but she, I recognize the Midwesterner and her. Cause she's like, if you would just acknowledge how sorry I am. Like I could move on, but I can't until he acknowledges <laughs> that he knows I'm sorry and that it's okay. I was like, yes, yes Josie, I get that. So they were like, his stuff was scattered everywhere. He's picking it up, putting everything back in his pockets. And finally he's just like, it's okay. Like he stop apologizing. And this is when she notices that he's quite handsome. Mm. Um, of course. Yes. So she's like, is there anything I can do for you? You know, and he's like, well, you can like tell me where the nearest pub is. Like, I think I could use a drink after that. And she's like, excellent idea. Like, I'll walk you there. And it ends up being like an awkward distance away to where they have to make like awkward small talk. She's trying her darndest here, but he is not giving her anything to work with. I was like, come on, dude. Yeah, he was being a bit of a jerk. Yeah. Which, like, it is awkward, but you know what? You just got to go with it. So, But bless her heart, learned... she just keeps going for it. Like, she keeps I going, but it's like word vomit. It's just, <laughs> like... Yeah, but, like, the Midwesterner in me would have been like, I'm so sorry, but I also would have been like, okay, this guy's not having it. I'm just going to remove myself. But she's like, right. no, I'm going to walk you to the place, and then I'm going to ask you, like, I'll buy your drink and yeah. make up for it. And power to her because I would have probably rather crawled in a hole than force someone to have a drink with me that clearly well the fact that she, yeah the fact that she's like I'll buy you a drink was like oh girl you're just like digging your own grave at this point so she learns through their awkward stilted conversation that his name is Max and he is stuck in London for the holiday because his flight was canceled uh, he was supposed to be flying to New York to spend Christmas with his family. So she's like, oh, like, I'm here, too. I'll be alone. Like, they get to talking a little bit. She buys him a drink. And then she's like, all right, like, good deed done. We can go our separate ways. But then he 
is like, so like you're here for the holiday alone. So am I like, what are you doing tomorrow? And she's like, oh, I guess not really a big Christmas person. And he's like, yeah, but like we're here. Indulge me. Like, what are you up to tomorrow? And somehow convinces her to meet up again tomorrow to go to one of like the Christmas markets little village in London. Um, but they like don't exchange contact information, which right. was weird to me. Super bold. And it's it's like this yeah. is modern day. So I was like, you're just gonna show up and meet someone. Yeah, like I'll see you at two. To text them and say, Okay, are you here? Where are we going? Like that's just bold. But... Yeah, like they're still a stranger. What if they decide not to come? They're like, you know what, this yeah. is weird. I'm not actually gonna go. But I'm also like, I don't know that I'm thinking about it. It makes me laugh because there were so many times in college, not so many, but a couple times where you'd like run into some stranger and make vague plans and you'd save their name and their phone as like Julie from the bar. <laughs> That's yeah, all it yeah. says. And you like, you know, meet up with Julie at the bar for nachos or something after. I don't yeah. know. So it's like, you don't even do that. Like, max the guy I know with my car <laughs> yeah she's just like all right like see you there yeah so she and it's true like she has avoided doing any of like the fun Christmassy things um yeah. since her parents passed away like understandably but she shows up the next day she's like FaceTime with her grandparents um I thought they were adorable like her grandparents yes. Mimo um was her grandma which i was like that's so cute but then i was like do you think that's like a common like british grandmother nickname like i don't know we have Mima. they have Mima. maybe i like it i thought it was adorable yeah um and they're all like oh yeah like who are you gonna go meet like bia and she's like no friend and like hung up because lo and behold max actually showed up and is meeting her at the christmas fair so they go in and he pays for her, which I'm like, is this a date then? Yes. Um, and she's like a little apprehensive about it, but the Christmas spirit gets to her. See, I'm like, this is a hallmark beginning. Um, it truly, but it Max it started still, out so strong. It started out so strong, but Max was still, and maybe this is my own trauma showing through, was acting like a bit of a fuckboy to me. Um, I'm going to put the language thing on this one but I was like I don't really trust him because I could tell she was like into him and wanted to get to know him and do all this stuff and he would like not really give her any information about himself Yeah, and again the whole no exchange of contact information I just like had strong apprehension from the beginning of this book because well, I've met guys like that and then they like don't mean anything I just didn't trust him because of the entire, the from the back of the book, I did read that much where he just leaves without saying goodbye. So I was already like, my guard was up about yeah, him like, because I'm like, he's that's a rude disappear. thing to do. Yeah. I didn't get like fuckboy vibes from the like winter carnival thing. I thought it was really cute and especially like, you know, they do ice skating and they get mulled cider yeah. and they do the whole thing. And then they run into her ex there with the new girl. And Max, like, swoops no, in. No, it's with, her, with his sister. 
Oh, yeah. like his sister like spots Josie first, and she was like, "Yeah, oh, yeah, God, yeah. Like, this is awkward." Because his sister was acting like everything was fine. Yeah, because it's just it's not like he cheated on her. And yeah. but Max like swoops in and pretends to like not necessarily one hundred percent be with her, but is like, "Oh yeah, Josie and I are old friends." I'm here yeah, visiting. Like, way back. Like, yeah, yeah, puts his around her, that kind of thing. And he's just like, he's the tall, handsome guy. And like, what's the other guy's name? Oliver, I think. Oliver. He's like shorter than her. And like a twerp. Big- yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so they just have this like really awkward exchange that Max wins, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. I thought that was cute. I just didn't. I was like, I know he's hiding something, and I'm. I don't have time for emotionally unavailable men, and so yeah, that's like that's the vibe I was getting from him. And it never. I could tell better. she was like putting herself out there, like talking about this and that, and like yeah. her parents and all. You know, like I don't know. So anyway, they have a great time at the little festival, and then her aunt. Is this when her aunt calls? No, that's yeah. later. No, it's no, because they were like, "Oh, she's like, well, this is fun." They make plans was... for Christmas shopping the next day. Yeah, he was yeah. like, "Well, what are you doing tomorrow?" Like, if you don't plan tomorrow, then like we should hang out. Like, I can go Christmas shopping with you and all this. So it's like, okay, like he's obviously interested in having enough fun that he wants to keep seeing her. But like, to what yes. end? Like, what? What are his intentions? I may be very skeptical. No, I definitely thought so, too. And like I said, we knew that he was going to, like, ghost. So our, my guard was up. Yeah. Um, yeah. And with her being so freshly off of a relationship. But it was also fun. Like, it feels like the date that never ends. Like, when you're having a good yeah. time. Make us, you know, you're going to go do one activity with a guy. But then four hours later, you're still there. You go get dinner and you're, you know. Yes. So they definitely were, like, having fun together and kept making yeah. the plan. He, like we said, like, helps her Christmas shop the next day, and they're picking some stuff out. And then her aunt calls, and she was supposed to have an annual dinner with her the next night and, like, exchange presents because, like we said, she doesn't go home. Um, but the aunt says, oh, can you meet me tonight instead? Mm-hmm. So... She's like, well, yeah, I've got a friend with me. And it's like, oh, just bring him along. Which I thought this was wild. I was like, I would never. <laughs> I would never. Right? No. person, practical stranger along with my family. But whatever. He goes for it. And so At they have to stay for the meal. That would have been too Yes. Far. Yeah. But he, like, still goes to meet her. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It just, it this makes made me feel awkward just reading about it um <laughs> but her aunt's guard is kind of up too. like she doesn't really like him from first impressions i don't know well she, she really just... everyone really liked oliver and so i think yeah. she was kind of like disapproving of like oh you're moving on too quickly from precious oliver even though he cheated on you Ugh. yeah but afterward like i think before like the the dinner with the aunt she had like mentioned um kind of like offhand about her um 
office holiday party the following night which would be christmas eve and he's like oh well like do you have a plus one i could go with you because she was just talking about like how she was not looking forward to seeing oliver there because that other girl was going to be there it's gonna be very awkward so he's like oh well i can go as your plus one and then you have like a buffer if like you need an excuse to leave like i'll be there so he's like making all these plans and like being kind of like the knight in shining armor but she really doesn't know much about him because like at one point her aunt asks like what he does and he says oh i'm an architect and she didn't know Josie didn't know that and she asked like where he works but then later her aunt calls her and it was like I think you should just be careful around him like I know your heart's broken but like I looked on the website of the architecture firm that he said he works for and he's not listed so it's like when she goes one step farther and I'm pretty sure the aunt calls yeah the architecture lady and asks about him and they're like yeah he doesn't work or he used to work here but he doesn't now and I was like, yeah. first off, that's unhinged. <laughs> that's yeah. really Well, insane. Helen was a little unhinged. For sure. But I lie. was just like, oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Either, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like my family's crazy sometimes, but they're not that crazy. So. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I could not see them doing that. No. But he does show up for her. He, like. Picks her up at her apartment, right? Yes, because because at like at one point he had dropped, he had like walked her home. Yes, uh, so he, he knew where she lived. Her, so, um, a little gift because when they had been shopping, she had seen these earrings that were like really similar to ones she had when she was a kid that she really liked. And yeah, she had been looking at them, but like, oh, I would never get them, whatever. And he had bought, he bought them for her and then brings them to her when he picks her up, which I thought was so cute. Ah, like, yeah, my red, red flag. <laughs> definitely too much too soon. But also I'm thinking this is a Hallmark rom-com. That's so true. I'm, believing That's true. It. I'm like, yeah, of course. You're <laughs> so living cute. for it. Yeah, it was yeah. cute. So they go to the holiday party there's the classic like run in with the ex and he's like oh max is still here you know and you know she just does not want to be there so max is like well let's cut out of here early like i'll take you someplace fun and so he they get in a taxi and he's like surprising her with where they're going which i love those little moments and they like pull up outside a bar and he's like i know the owner here and they walk in and he had actually helped the owner like redesign the space and so, you know, he welcomes them in. He's like, I've got, like, my famous Christmas cocktail on the house, like, kept making them drinks. And they, like, sat in the corner of the bar and, like, talked for hours. It was, like, the moment. It was the scene, you know. Yes. Um, so then he's like, well, I better get you home. And so, you know, took a taxi home, told the taxi outside, like, to wait outside for him. And then walked upstairs. L-O-L. Right? Hey. It's a thought that counts, you know? Yeah. He was um, he was pretending to be a gentleman. He it's, was pretending, yeah. Um, so then he like kissed her goodnight and then he was like, The taxi's outside waiting for me. And she's like, Or you could spend the night. And he was like, Or you could spend the night. So fade to black. Yes. This is not a spicy Hallmark rom com, uh, sadly. But they wake up the next day. It's Christmas Day. He had made like lunch reservations at the pub where they got their drinks together after she hit him on her bike. 
they had a great time together. They just had one of those like magical dates, like you said, where they just kept doing stuff and like yes. it started raining on the way home and they danced in the rain and they did all this. They made hot cocoa. They watched Christmas movies. They had this whole day together and then it was like assumed that he was just going to stay the night again. So he did. But sometime during the day, the airline had called him and said, we can get you on the flight on Boxing Day, which is the day after Christmas. And so she's like, okay, well, like, I'll wake up. I'll see him off to the airport. And, you know, maybe we'll try to make something last, yada, yada. But then she wakes up the next day and he's gone. Yes. But there's, which, like, a, a note. Yeah, he left her a note that said something like, you know, I had a really great time with you. I hope, basically, like, kind of encouraging her to t- trace her dreams or whatever. Because they had talked about. Yeah, I hope you she don't was a sideways move or something. Yeah, because she, their company was, like, being bought out or merging or something. And she was, like, I'm basically not going to have my same position, but they could offer me a similar one. It's not really a step up. It's just, like staying where I'm at and I don't know if I'm passionate about it and blah 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 so they had talked about that a little bit he was like well kind of doing like encouraging her to to find something different find something that she is passionate about or that she would actually enjoy um so yeah he leaves her this note but like no phone number no contact nothing. info nothing which nada this yeah. was heartbreak like this was sad because she was all yeah. excited and then he just leaves without saying goodbye in person like not even yeah. not even the pretend yeah let's keep in touch like add you and on he was facebook like, i'll crap. always remember you yeah. And, like, but, that is very final. Yeah. So. So, Max lived up to his fuckboy status. <laughs> yes. We think that's the end. But, of course, not. Because um, that would be not a fun book. I was like, but, of course, we have three quarters <laughs> of the book left at this point. Yes. So, then we flip ahead a few months. And... We're in New York City, and we find out our girl Josie has gone back together with Oliver, which I don't love. Don't I hate it? But like, you're like kind of like, yeah, I see it. She just had her heart broken again by another guy, so she's like, well, the devil, you know, you know. Yeah, but she was so resolute. Like at the time, she was so like, you know, Oliver cheated on me. I could never. I can't believe he did that. So I she kind of reminded me of Kate Winslet's character in the holiday. Yes, yes. And Jasper. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and she is now in New York City with Oliver because one thing that was revealed at the Christmas party that she and Max were at was that Oliver was getting promoted to a new position at the New York branch of their office, their yeah, corporation or whatever. And this was kind of another blow to Josie because she's like, he knew about this for months. Like he would have had to interview for this. He would have had to be talking with the higher ups and he had never mentioned it to her. So it was like, 
he's planning these moves in his life without consulting me, his girlfriend of right. two years or whatever. Yeah. What I really liked about the New York point of view is like, yes, Josie is there and we find out some updates about her, but it's from Max's point of view. So now things have switched. So you're finally learning a little bit more about our boy Max. So he's in New York. I think it's in like April, April, May timeframe. Yeah. So he's been there longer than he expected, but one of the architect firms that like a family friend works at got him like a, a temporary position there. So he's hanging out in the city, um, but he's about, he's like planning to go back to England. So you learn about Max's life there. You get to meet his parents. Um, his mom's American. His dad is British and kind of like their their life there i see them as like very like well-to-do new yorkers like yes they have an apartment right outside upper east side yeah Yeah. that's kind of what i was picturing like the people we saw in central park when we went like that's that's what i was picturing for them yes um and his little sister is there and she was a force to be reckoned with which i love um like on a break from medical school to like visit him so the whole thing for max was at christmas time he had just had his heart broken and relationship had just ended but now this ex-girlfriend was going to come visit him for the weekend in in new york because they were kind of this on again off again relationship they used to be friends now they're more than friends now they're back to friends so the whole question around her visit is, is it as a friend or is it as more than friends? So, Which is a red she flag. Gets there. Red flag for sure. But she gets there. They have like a family dinner. Her family obviously knows her or his family obviously knows her really well and they want them to get back together. But he is still hung up on Josie. Like we know he kind of ghosted or not really ghosted, but effectively. Um, I call it ghosted. Did, he dear John her. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a good and, one. Yes. And, but he's still very much hung up on her. Like, he cannot get her out of his mind. So he doesn't know if he wants to be with Aaron, his ex. So they do all the classic New York things. And then he has a work party that he has to go to. Yes. And uh, it was, like, some gallery or bar that the firm, like, redesigned. So they were there chatting away. When up walks Oliver, Josie's ex. Like, we knew he was moving to New York for this, uh, for a new job with the company. But, it like, his PR firm was representing the bar slash gallery. We're not really sure what it is. Um, it was both. It was, like, an art gallery, I think, on one with side. With a bar. And then, like, yeah. a bar connected to the other. Yeah. So, he, his firm was representing them. So, he was invited to the opening as well and when they're chatting very awkwardly up walks Josie and so this is like their second meeting and you know she's like she looks incredible she's obviously back with Oliver we're all devastated that she made that decision but then it's like this very awkward conversation between the group and Aaron like his ex is trying to figure out what's going on but whenever the group inevitably breaks up, he's like, I have to tell her how I feel. Like, I really, I have to tell her what happened. And like, I didn't mean to leave her like that, but 
she's not really having it. He's doing a bad job of it. Like he gets her alone and it's like, I have to explain like why I left. Like it meant a lot to me, but I just didn't see how it could work out. And I didn't want to leave you with hope and blah, blah, blah. But like, I think about you all the time and she's like, whoa, whoa. Like I'm with Oliver. I'm over whatever we had, even though she clearly isn't like, this is a classic bad communication trope that's what i was about to say crazy this man is the worst communicator ever and he it was a lot which we'll get into later but a lot of the like classic he tries to tell her something and then they get interrupted i'm like well if you just use your words clearly you would have had the main point already out before you got interrupted but he (laughs) he like fluffs it up to I don't know I just I didn't like and it. he's like silent crazy. yeah stumbles yeah. over his words it was yeah it was aggravating um but she kind of blows him off and she's like I'm over it like it's a you did what you did like this obviously is wasn't meant to go anywhere and then she goes back to Oliver and he's left standing there like still unsure if he wants to get back with Aaron because like they go back to his parents' place last na- that night. It's Aaron's last night in New York City. And she, like she had previously told him, I know you're moving back to the UK. I want to give our relationship another chance. And like, I know you don't have a place to stay, so you can come stay with me, even if it's just a friend's, but like I prefer if it was more. So like there's this big fork in the road for him like does he get back with Aaron go back to something somewhat comfortable at least something that he knows or are they just gonna stay friends and he's gonna stay available and that's kind of it for New York like yes it kind of ends with we're like we the reader are unsure about what like how it's gonna go and then, Which I like how she did that. Like, then it's like, oh, then a few months go by. And so you know something about the person who's, like, point of view that you read. But you don't know about, like, what decision the other person made. Yes. And I feel like it kept the interest in the plot, like, moving. Because you wanted. I was just waiting yeah. for, like, when they the stories would converge again. That they would both, like, yes. be single and be able to be together. Yes, but it can't exactly. be that easy, of course, because of course. the next like time jump is, I think it's in the fall when they go to Edinburgh, yeah, like September. Yes, and Josie is going for one of her coworkers' weddings. So her friend Laura, that she worked with at the PR place, um, is getting married. And she's having this big, extravagant wedding in a castle outside of Edinburgh. And... Like, my dream. I want to go. I want to go. Yes. And Josie's not, like, in the wedding party, but she's a close, out-of-town friend. So she's invited to, like, stay in a room in the castle. And so cool. Yeah, so excited. And And got me excited for my very own trip uh, to Edinburgh. Yes. And... So we learn that Josie is living back in the UK. She and Oliver have broken up for good, thank God. And yes. she has been staying with her aunt until she yes. like gets herself figured out. 
Um, but she's going. And on this, this was like when we found out about how, like, what she thought about the whole like rekindling her relationship with Oliver. Like, you find out after the fact that she's like, "Oh well, you know, he would have had to know about this for months before." There's obviously stuff he wasn't telling me, but like, I went back to him because it was comfortable, and it, she saw it kind of out of like her way out of the redundant lifestyle that she was living. Like I get to go to New York. I don't have a job. Like I'm going to focus on my photography. Cause that was another thing. Like yes. And the days she spent with Max, we totally forgot to talk about the day they went to the beach, but anyway, and the days uh, she's spent with Max, she was like taking photographs and he was telling her, you know, you should pursue this. Cause she's talking about her dream of becoming a wildlife photographer but she doesn't have any like proper training. It's just always been a hobby. So she decided to like move to New York to like pursue photography there and kind of explore it. And she started an Instagram account and all this. And now she's back in London. Yes. Which without Oliver, but with photography. Oliver, like in the flashback parts of them in New York, like he was supportive of her trying to yeah and, like, well helping her out it just like it was it, like it they was went back to like, a honeymoon phase yes once the new wore off and like it was really great while well, we did the sightseeing things and we settled into our life in new york but like once we settled in all of the old problems yeah. came back and it just didn't work so i don't know i thought that was like really realistically done well yes, i guess absolutely yeah um but now she is getting ready for this long weekend in a castle at the wedding, which she's kind of nervous about being a single girl, but, you know, fresh off a breakup again. And you know how it is, like being at a wedding, yeah. all the love in the air, blah, blah, blah. But Bia is going to be there. And so they're going to be like, you know, the single girls having fun, but she's not coming in until later. So they, I don't know. She, it's like this really idyllic weekend for a little bit until they get to, I guess it'd be the rehearsal dinner. Um, yeah. Their timeline. I was a little bit fascinated by the like phrases and timelines. Cause this, this was an entire wedding weekend. Like, yeah past three nights and everything yes but she is going to the rehearsal dinner and she finds her seat at the table and it's a couple of their other like former co-workers single one of laura's fiance's like obnoxious uncles and then a blank seat for a girl named erin and her date and which i immediately knew immediately absolutely (laughs) yeah there it is. Yeah. Yeah. And lo and behold, it's that Aaron, Max's ex-girlfriend. So immediately Josie is like on edge. And of course, Max is her plus one. And mm-hmm. so now this is the third time that she's been thrown into you know, meeting this guy that she has complicated feelings about, but now she's single and he's back with his supermodel type girlfriend. I mean, she's not a supermodel. Or she assumes. 
She, yeah, she, she was not there back together. Because the whole time, I was like, I bet they're not. I bet they're not actually. No, back I know, together. me too. She's but I was just assuming. But he also wouldn't just come out and say it. So I was like, Well, he would. He'd be like, Look, it's not what you think. But she would then interrupt them. And I'd be like, Josie, just listen because he is a man of many, many, many words. We've learned. No, but I also feel. Just like let him finish. If Aaron was a girl's girl, she would have been like made it together yes of like oh my you know i had to drive up drag out my ex-boyfriend to come to this wedding with me and you know yeah she knows josie she knows the history there (laughs) so that's where i was getting frustrated because yes josie mistakenly believes this whole weekend that they're not you know that they're together and so she is all on edge. Um, they have the wedding. Bia gets there. And she, thankfully for the wedding, they're seated like Max and Aaron are seated at a different table. And she and Bia are seated at a table with some young sequel guys. So they can kind but of hers be- is hers is a dud. Not a good match. <laughs> Which, like, cracked me up because she was, like, Laura, like, the bride was, like, oh, like, how do you like your seat, mate? And she's, like, oh, like, Rob is fine. She's, like, Rob, like, you were supposed to be sitting by Stuart. And she, like, it was, like, she and Bia, like, flipped seats on accident. So, Bia got to sit next to, like, the really cute Scottish boy. And she immediately hit things off with him. And um, Josie was stuck with, yeah, like, the dud. So Josie is like kind of accepts that, you know, Bia's hit it off with Stuart and she like decides to take her camera for a spin around the castle at night. And naturally Max finds her out there and he's like trying to talk to her about everything, like about New York, what happened with Oliver. And she's basically like, I don't want to talk about it. Like, I don't want to get into it because with this romantic location, yeah, obviously, like we would probably rekindle whatever we had, and she's like, "I'm just not here for that." And she had the strength to walk away, which I would have been like, "You know what? What's one more night?" <laughs> like, yes, oh for sure. Uh, when in Scotland, why not? You just go yeah, for it. You just go for it. But I guess she did think that he was back with Aaron, and this was like the moment where she said, "You're here with Aaron," and he was like, "Look, that's not what you think it is." And she's like, "I don't want to hear it." And I was like, "Josie, let him speak. Like, come yes. on, guys. Like, you guys have got to hear the other one out." But she goes back to her room. Nothing happens, and she wakes up the next day, and Bia is not there. Like, she spent the night with Sir Stewart, and she hears a knock at her door, thinking, "Oh, it's Bia. She left her key," but it turns out to be Max. And he wants her to go out and spend the day with him in Edinburgh. And she's like, uh, what about Aaron? You know, he's like, oh, like, she's catching up with an old college friend. Like, it, she's fine with it. I ran it past her. And she's like, okay, like, as long as Aaron knows. But then she gets down to, like, the hotel lobby. Or I guess, like, the castle lobby. Yeah. And it's actually Max and Aaron. Like, Aaron's plans fell through. So she was going to go with them. So I was like, oh, poor Josie, like, being the awkward third feel. Yes. So they take the taxi into Edinburgh. And, like, on the way there, um, she's, like, getting, like, a weird vibe between Max and Aaron. She's, like, she's, she's never seen Max. She's sitting in the middle of them, first of she's all. She's sitting in the middle like a child. Horrible. Yeah. 
horrible. But she was like, <laughs> she'd never seen Max so spontaneous. But she's like looking at Aaron. It seems like she's just going along with it because he does this all the time. Yeah, and she just saw like more life at Max. Like he seemed a little more outgoing um, and excited about things. And he like convinces the taxi driver to stop in like the middle of this field, and is like getting Josie to take some photographs. And then it's like him and Aaron taking photographs together. And then he's taking pictures of Josie and Aaron, and it, like breaks the ice. Yes. For sure. Like, it's this cute little moment. But this was the moment, Sydney, that I texted you and said, is he sick? Oh, really? Because this is when I started to get the me before you vibes of you got to live your life to the fullest. You have to do what makes you happy. You have to stop and, like, seize the day. Take up every opportunity that's given to you, whether it's you know, starting a new job or running around a field in Scotland taking photographs. This is when I distinctly started to get that feel and when I texted you. I, and I should have known this. Yeah. If I'd read the back of the book. Yeah. I, which I did not see this until our pre-record when it says a romantic debut novel in the tradition of me before you. <laughs> yeah. And I was lie. like, oh, <laughs> oh. Okay, because you still don't really know what's up with Max. Why was he alone at Christmas? Because like his yeah. whole time is like he was sad after it happened. Now that it's happened, when you lose somebody, going on and on. So I thought somebody died on his side too. Yes, I was waiting for like a younger brother or older brother or yes. somebody that had yeah. died because that's Same. how because he like connected with Josie about grief and like offered advice that only someone who experienced grief would know about and, you know, things like that. I didn't get those vibes here in the field. I liked that Aaron and Josie, like, it really cuts attention there and they, like, started to become friends. I did like that. Um, I got the vibes, though, after. So Max's whole plan was that he wanted to take – Josie out into Edinburgh and take her to meet this one specific person, this photographer that he knew. And he was like arranging this meeting basically for Josie and this guy to let him see some of her work um, just to get like a professional opinion about it and see, you know, cause she always felt like she didn't have the self-confidence or she's like, Oh, I just do this for fun. It's not a real it could never be a real job um, until she, you know, this guy's like, no, you're really good. Like, I think you'd, you'd be great as a photographer and really just kind of encourages her um, and like talks about this class that he has opened for working students and just like this networking connection that Max has arranged for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, they are all going to go to this coffee shop that Aaron and Max knew. And Aaron ends up going to meet her friend that she was originally supposed to be with the whole day. She's going to go meet them for a drink. So it's just Max and Josie and they go to this coffee shop and like, it's again, it's awkward. It's awkward. They can't talk because these two American ladies are like, oh, can we share your table? It's really crowded. So they can't really have a heart to heart like they want to when they've been alone for the first time. And you can tell that Max wants to talk to her about something. Um, but then There's when they leave. There's a lot of sexual tension, too. Like, it is yes. 
the electricity, the spark is back. Yes. And you're, you just know that it's something is simmering. Um, but when they go to leave and meet back up with Aaron outside, she's, Aaron's like, oh, Max, did you talk to Josie? Did you tell her? And he's like, no, Aaron, it's not as easy as it seems. And I was like, oh, no, something is wrong. It's not just about their relationship. Like, yeah, this is when I got the vibe of like, something is not right here. Yeah, because you still don't know a lot about Max. Like, it's yeah. answered the question of like, okay, he is an architect. He was just between jobs at the moment. And like, maybe he didn't want to say that. Like, okay, like, yeah, total stranger. I get that. But he's still, you still don't know a lot about his history. You just know him as a person, like, and who he has been around Josie. So, yeah, it's it's starting to become clearer here. Um, and I started to lose hope of that happy ending. Yeah. Um, now that we've switched from La La Land to Me Before You. But um, they get back to the castle. They all change for dinner. They have, like, their going away dinner. It's, like, this big grand fun thing. But then Josie's, like, thinking back on the day and everything. Max isn't telling her. And she's just sick of it. She's had enough. You can't blame the girl. Because there's she still has feelings. She's really deep feelings for Max. And he tries to confront her, like, and talk to her after the dinner and I think he was going to come clean again this whole miscommunication trope but she's like I don't ever want to see you again like they end up like kind of yelling at each other and he's like you think I wanted this like you think I wanted to feel about like this way about you like I can't control it but she thinks he's saying that about his relationship with Aaron and why it's complicated like it's this whole argument where they did not listen to the other Yes. And she ends it, like, they end it with a kiss, like, it, you know, when the feelings all get really heated. Um, yes. But then they break apart when Bia comes out, and she's like, just give me a moment. And then she told Max, essentially, she's like, whatever this was, it's over. Like, I don't ever want to see you again. And she leaves. Yes. Which, again, I, did, I didn't love the miscommunication. And I'm also like... No. Max, she's only saying this because you're not being honest with her. So, right. like, just come clean and you... But like, he and he was trying. She just... She was not listening to him. But he was moment. doing a really bad job of trying. Yeah, but she would just, cut him off. He'd be like, I just wanted to tell you. And she'd be like, I don't want to hear whatever you have to say. And I'm like, okay, Josie. I know, but no. I'm also like... You want to. He'll, he'll be like, it's not what you think. Just let me explain. I'm like, don't say all that. Just say, I'm not with Aaron. That's all you have to say. Or those... I think like, the harder horrible. part for him to say was whatever, what we find out next. Yeah, I um, know. But still, but it was all stemming from her still thinking that he would... Like, the, br- the root... A lot of their miscommunication was she still thought he was with Aaron the yes. whole time. And very, I was very like, true. you could clear this up yeah, right now. I'm not with it. And you're yeah. not doing it. <laughs> but, but if, like, a guy, if I thought that about a guy and I said, well, now that you're with Aaron and they said that's not what you think, I'd be like, what do you mean by that? I wouldn't just, like, keep bulldozing through. I'd be like, what do you mean? It's not what I think. Then what is it? Yeah, but at you the know? same time, if someone was, like, said the same to me, I'd be like, well, I'm not with him. I wouldn't be like, it's not what you think. Let me explain. I just be like, 
no, I'm not with him. <laughs> That's all it had to be. Not everyone is like refreshingly clear cut. <laughs> I know. That's why I don't do well with these books. <laughs> but it's okay. I digress. But at the same time, we like them. Um, no, I love them. I just get mad about them. But this, I just get mad. It yes, would be a short story if everyone communicated well. It would be two chapters. It would be, so. <laughs> be a novella. Yes. Yes. So Max. Yeah, like honors her wishes and he leaves. And then we're back to December. So it's Christmas time a year after Josie and Max met. Um, she ended up doing the photography course with the contact that Max introduced her to. Um, and at like the end of the course, they had this big exhibition in Edinburgh, I believe. Um of their photography and all their work. And so, like, Mimo and her grandpa are there. Bia showed up. Laura and John. Which I loved all the supportive people. Yes. What I really, really loved about this book was, like, the side characters. They might not have had, like, a lot of page time. But you knew them. And I felt like, like they had depth. Like, they were yeah. important to the story. Even if they weren't in there for very long. Yes. Um, they were strong side characters. For sure. Yeah. I, I really like that. Um... So she's at her exhibition and one of her photographs catches the eye of a wildlife photographer. And she's like, we have an internship opening in Africa. Like you have basically like three days before the application closes, like you would get a stipend, but it's not like a paid internship. Like basically your food and lodging is covered, like, but you're not going to get paid on top of that. So Josie's like, essentially oh like I'll think about it but no see down that she can't take it because it's not paid and she's like I'm almost 30 like I'm supposed to be doing like adult stuff and I'm supposed to be getting a paycheck and not running off to Africa even though everyone's like urging her to take it um and one thing about this open house was like the whole time she was kind of watching the door waiting to see if Max was going to show up and like hoping that he was but she got flowers. Yeah, him. she got or, flowers. There was no no, but she figured they were from him. Yes. So I was waiting for him to show up too. I was, like, I was too, but also. Yeah. But it was, there was, I too was much like, there's no contact information exchange. So I was like, yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I kind of hoped he would show up there, too. But, yeah, that would be the perfect rom-com moment, which we've realized at this point it is not. So then she goes back to London. She has this offer to go to Africa. But first, she and Bia are spending Christmas in Budapest. So mm-hmm. they're getting their bags packed. She's really excited. Like, she's thinking back about, like, how she's changed over this past year and everything that's happened when she gets a call from her aunt Helen that says Mimo has had a heart attack and she is in the hospital. So Josie immediately, you know, panics. She takes the bag she packed for Budapest and takes the train down to the little village that she grew up in with her grandparents. And it's the first time she's been back there since she moved out for college, which is wild. Yes. Because it's so close. But they get to the hospital. Um, Mimo's okay. But they can only allow two visitors. So 
Helen and her grandfather decide to stay and they tell Josie to go back to the house and just relax while they stay with her grandmother. So she gets home, she like settles in and there's a knock at her door and she goes to open it and there's an axe on her doorstep. I know. Finally. Yeah. So they're finally reunited He tells her that Bia told him what happened and that she wouldn't allow Bia to come. She told Bia to go ahead to Budapest and hopefully she could join her later. But Bia's like, somebody needs to be there with her and I think she would want to see you. Yes. And so he shows up a little bit of like knife's shining armor, you know, like. Yeah coming in to be with her so she's not alone and they talk a little bit like about I don't know how he's like you can tell they're both gonna they're both single like yeah showing up oh yeah he was like at this point yeah tells her about how he's not with Aaron and all of that and like they go walk around her hometown so she can go or she wants to go post her letter and they're walking around town um she's kind of like opening up to him showing him about her hometown about all of her memories which is really like cathartic for her um yeah they run into like one of her old friends who invites them over to like bake cookies and decorate gingerbread houses and you know max just fits in so well there and they're having a great time um it's just i don't know i i thought we were gonna get the happy ending i really did i really did i was i was full on my knee before you by kicks because I started to realize, too, that every time she saw Max, it would say, like, something about his appearance. Oh, he he appeared pale. He looked tired. He looked thinner. That whole See, thing, I, I was like, this that. boy is sick. Yeah, I was like, this Until boy is sick. There's something he's not telling her. He mentioned, like, a couple times in this section about how he had, like, a headache and she would go yeah. get an aspirin or something. Um, but they have this, like, quaint day and like reconnect at night and you know dot 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 do the devil's tango whatever i see i didn't even think they did that i thought he just stayed the night like oh i took it that they did but maybe not I i don't know which is almost sweeter to me that he's like i'll stay here with you i know but i guess i just assumed but yeah but they, I mean, they at least kiss, whatever. But you think yeah. that things are, you, you think things are on the up and up. Yeah, because she's like, we can talk about it in the morning. We can talk yes. about it tomorrow. And I'm like, no, that's what you've been doing the whole book. You've been putting off the conversation. Like, wrote this really sweet letter for her parents instead of instead of this like the three words she normally says about missing you always. She yeah. like writes them about how she's back in the hometown for the first time and. You know, just, uh, I don't know. Things seem to be going a little bit better other than Mimo being in the hospital. Um, until the next day, they go back first thing in the morning to visit. Um, and he's there, like, support person. 
um, Mimo's coming out of surgery or having surgery, so they're all in the waiting room waiting, and he, she comes out of surgery, the family's going to go back, and Max is like, yeah, let me step outside real quick. This is what I knew something was happening. <laughs> yeah. They like went to go check on her and he's like, I'll bring you guys coffee. Yeah. And they go their separate ways. And yes. I was like, no. Yeah. I had a bad feeling about this. Me too. I immediately knew. And so they split up and Josie comes back out and she's like, he never showed up with coffee. What the heck? And she's yeah. looking around the waiting room and uh, like she goes up to see if he's outside, like coming up the street. And when she goes back in, one of the nurses was like, weren't you with that young man? And Josie's like, yeah. And she's like, well, I'm really sorry to tell you this, but he just collapsed and died. And yeah. I'm just like, what the heck? I mean, well, like, the I knew thing for coming. me, like I knew yeah. thing was coming, but I still, it was just, so sudden so abrupt it was very abrupt because you don't know what's wrong with them like just all of a sudden no, at this point, you don't dead. know still. it was just but, like had to, a headache twice and then yeah but the thing that got me is like when she went back to Mimo and they're talking she's like she heard like a thump and a commotion out in the waiting room but her all of her attention was focused on Mimo and I was like that was Max it was like something just oh. happened to him. Yeah, which she was feel... the author. She was just like so good at sliding those little details in yeah. there. And I you just, just don't knew think from the way they said it was like the way they they didn't say goodbye. It was just like I'll catch up with you. And I was yeah, like, no, no, yeah. you won't. No, you won't. Something yeah, is wrong. Is the last time you'll see each other. Yes. Yeah. And so, but like her aunt and Bea. She had been getting, like, weird vibes from them. Like, have yeah. Have you talked to Max? How is he? She's like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean by all that? And Helen is with her when they find out that he passed. And she said, oh, like, honey, he had cancer. Yeah. And he was trying to tell you. Which I don't – I just – didn't like it. I didn't like that all of these other people knew before her. You know, yeah. this woman that he loves. I just didn't like it. I don't know. I think it's easier to tell people who don't matter as much to you. Not to no, like I, a negative. For sure. It's easier to tell them. But he was like, I can tell her aunt, but like, how am I supposed to tell this woman I love? Because he did tell her that he loved her at some point. Yeah. And he's like, I don't expect you to say it back. I just want you to know that. And, like, how is he supposed to tell her, like, but we don't have a future together? But I'm also like, how do you not tell her? Like, I don't know. I, just, I know. I know. I get it. I it think he was going to, because she was like, that's what he was going to tell me. Like, that's yeah. what he's been trying to say this whole time. Yeah, I totally get your side. Like, how do you not? But it's also like, it's really fucking hard. Yeah. And so obviously she is devastated. And But he died from an aneurysm. That's the thing that got me. It's like it, it wasn't the cancer. Eventually that would have killed him. But he died from an aneurysm. And well, they're like he would have had. 
and then yeah yeah but it was the aneurysm that killed him but because they, were, they like, were like he would have had a headache for a little bit before but yeah that's why he did it very quickly like, that's Emily, why he didn't doing? notice the sign like he assumed yeah. the headaches were from the brain tumor and all of this instead yeah. of thinking like oh maybe something else is going on um so yeah so she's trying to figure out what to do next and like it's all a blur of having to contact his family um and then she gets this letter and so in the letter like max kind of explains everything to her about how he was going back to new york to like try to get into this clinical trial and this experimental treatment and it wasn't working and that's why he was like back and forth the whole time and she like gets to meet his family at the funeral and i don't know it was a lot it was a lot it was a lot at the end a lot of emotion but also like very touching moments between people who maybe didn't have a relationship together but had that yes. bond and that love through a shared loved one. Yes. And his family had been so supportive. Like they had told him like, go be with Josie, even though it's Christmas and we're like, not sure what's going to happen with you. But so, yeah, a very emotional ending. Um, you know, Bia goes to the funeral with her. She sees Aaron at the funeral, which I thought was touching too. Like, I kind of hoped they could be friends because it yes. seemed like they got and it seemed along. Like they would, and like his sister was like, yeah, you know, stay in touch, don't be a stranger. Yeah, um, she gets invited to like her his sister's wedding. Yeah, um, which is sweet. Yeah, so it definitely does highlight the bond of people. Like, the ripple effect of the people that you love and the family that they have and all of that. So, I really liked that. Yeah. Um, And then the end is, you know, another year later, mm -hmm. around Christmas time. Josie is in Africa. She ended up accepting the wildlife photography internship. Um, She decided to go for it, not be the responsible one for once. And she talks about, again, like, how she... Stays in touch with his sister and, you know, like they FaceTime there mm-hmm. and they're kind of all celebrating Christmas, acknowledging that, you know, they're away from family, but she catches one of the helicopter pilots on his way out and asks him to mail two letters for her. Yes. And one of them is for her parents, obviously, and the other one is for Max. Um, so... She's now like, you know, there's now three people that I'll keep in my heart around this time of year. Yes. Which is, it was very, very sad. It was very emotional. Like, you read the letters, um, first to her parents and then to Max. And, you know, she's like, so now I'll say the thing I should have said to you back then when I have the chance. It's like, I love you, Max, you know. But she also says, like, if I ever am lucky enough to feel it again, I won't. Yeah. I won't hesitate to say it. And so I thought that was so sweet because she did like, like we said, Max told her he loved her and she didn't say anything back because she was overwhelmed. And he's like, I don't expect you to. And then he died before she got to say it again. So yeah, 
it was like a hopeful ending it was because it yeah left the door open to like you know if i do find love again i i won't be afraid to say it or you know i right don't know oh it was yeah so sweet because it's like you meet Josie and she's obviously like very sad very emotional about this time of year and she goes through even more around Christmas but it doesn't make her like more sad or more depressed it makes her just like I don't know just like think more about life and kind of be like you have to seize the opportunities when you get them Yes. and has that hopeful tone at the end like you said It definitely could have made her more like angry and bitter, but instead Yes. it, it is that me before you ending where she's on another, in another country, you know, living her Yeah. best life and all of that. So it was bittersweet at the end. Yes. I really, I loved the book. Very well written. You Yes. know, very strong characters. I really liked all of them except for Oliver. Um, but, you know, like, it's like you cared about each and every one of the characters. So I really loved the way she was able to write it. And I'm very much looking forward to reading more of her novels. Yes. Me too. I am interested to know if the other one I picked, which I, I know. I feel like I know going in more is more Yeah. of a tearjerker. So I wonder if it's going to like flip flop and have a happy ending, but, but We'll we'll find see. out. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I hope it does. Me too. And if not, at least I'm prepared because I've read one of her books now that I know is a little Very more true. like heartfelt. So, Very true. So, yeah, yes. that is Always in December by Emily Stone. Yes. So that's a good, a good one to get you thinking about life and love and relationships and the holidays. So. If that's your vibe, we definitely recommend this one. Um, and we've got some more cozy reads this time, this month that I'm excited for. We're going to do a double feature, um, which I'm excited about. And we'll get to Me see too. each other this month, which I'm also excited about. I know. I'm really excited for that. Yeah, we'll get to swap books and hang out for a little hometown meetup. So that will be super fun. But those are our thoughts. Hopefully you all liked this episode. And if you've read this book, um, drop us your thoughts. You can find us on Instagram at lifeandlitpod. You can send us an email at lifeandlitpod at gmail.com. Or um, you can leave us like a comment or a, re a review on whatever listening platform you listen to. So stay tuned for more of our bookish holiday content during this month of December. And we hope you all stay cozy wherever you're at. And until next time, happy reading. Happy reading.